My name is Henry. All right. Ooh. Okay. It's too much of me. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful Jesus we have. I was just overwhelmed by uh, the awe of his greatness. Just as, uh, as, as we worship this morning. So, uh, one almost feels clumsy to stand on behalf of God and tell you about him. <laughs> just how do you do that? How do you, how do you explain God? How do you explain how big he is? How do you explain how great he is? How do you see that? How do you see it with our natural eyes? And it's really um, very difficult to do. The word sovereign is a word that we very seldom use uh, in our day in our time, sovereign. And God is a sovereign. He is sovereign. He's the sovereign of all sovereigns. He's the Lord of all lords. He's the king of all kings. And I wonder how privileged we really feel this morning if we really understand, if we really understand how great he is, how strong and powerful he is. Um, sovereign God. He's the ruler of everything. He's in control of everything. Do we trust him that much? Do we trust him that much? Can we absolutely stand here today or sit in his presence today and say, I trust you, God, with all my heart. I don't lean unto my own understanding. I don't try and even try and explain how great you are. I trust you because you're sovereign. You're a great God. I would like to just proclaim something that the Lord said of his priests to proclaim over Israel. I want to proclaim the same word. You know the word very well. You've heard it many times. And this is something that God wants to say over you. Almost like he's praying into you to pray to him and to receive from him. And this is what he says, the Lord bless you. I want to bless you and keep you. The Lord make your face, your countenance, that beautiful face that we spoke of today, to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Shalom. Peace. And so they shall put my name upon the people of Israel. And I will bless them. So that is my heart for you today. I put his name upon you as his people that he may bless you, that he may bless you. In Philippians 4, you put it up here in the scripture. Yeah. It's a great start. <clears throat> Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. The word really means uh, don't infallibly injure your souls. That's what it means to be anxious, really. Don't 
injure your souls. And it's a very strong word. It's a strong command. Do not be anxious about anything. Not just some things, but anything. Not anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God. The peace of God. That same peace by which we have been blessed this morning. And I will put my countenance upon you. I will shine my face towards you. And I will give you peace. That same peace. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I looked up in the dictionary the word anxiety. And I think we all understand anxiety to some degree. And it's just layered. You can go down the line of, of anxiety and worry and fear and distress and stress and you can lay it out there because that's really what it's about. It's an apprehensive uneasiness or a nervousness and usually over an impending or anticipated ill. The Latin word for um, anxiety means, the Latin word is angor which means to be constricted, to be choked, to have something around your throat that you can't breathe. So as you look it up on the, on the internet, it just drops down into layer of layer and layer of things. Collective clinical anxiety, herd frenzy, like COVID and, and, and wars breaking out. And it brings a, a frenzy around us. And I think even things like our power shortages, when the power is out, that there becomes like a herd frenzy that all of us to some degree are like distressed with this thing. You have the post-traumatic stress disorders. You have the present traumatic distress orders. You have future traumatic distress orders. It comes upon us just like... It's too much. High functional anxieties that create deep depressions in our lives. Past and prevailing scar tissues. Uh, deformed things of our memories that keep coming back and rushing back. Flashbacks in our lives. Or bad things that have happened and things that have pressed upon us. OCDs. Obsessive compulsive disorders. Eating disorders. Perfectionism. Wherever you put it. Wherever you land this thing all kinds of compensational permissives. And then we have a follow-down drop list of self-helps, you know, the just-do-it kind of helps, or the, the meds or the prescriptions or the drugs, alcohol, and you can go down the line. I don't have to list everything for you. And then you have the fix-it songs, the songs that people sing, like, I'll do it my way, you know, like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> we can do this. Don't worry, be happy. Remember this song? Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. Okay. That's another song. What about a really old song for, for those of you that are probably, um, okay, way back into the 60s. Oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> what a beautiful day. And then you end up with saying, everything's going my way. Well, kind of like that's the way we hope it would be. Then you have, of course, Hollywood, Silicon Valley with all the happy endings, all the happy stories that, that, that are told with happy endings most of the time. 
I hate movies with dumb endings, you know, like where it just doesn't end the way it should end, you know, that's kind of thing. But that's our heart. We always want the good endings. So what about us? What about you and I this morning? How do we feel? How do we fit into this? Uh, do we have the 911 emergencies in our lives? And you may think to yourself, well, I don't, I don't really feel anxious. I don't really feel, um, I'm worried. I may not have fear or trouble. But maybe you do. Maybe you actually are aware of it. Maybe it's part of your life, very much part of your life. And it feels unnatural. It's like it's there. It's trials, things that stand between us uh, and God. And, and even in our times here this morning, sometimes we, we stand here and we are so occupied with just the things of life, the worries of life, the pressures of life. And even if it's just a little one running around, that, or, or someone that's ill, or someone that you know is on a deathbed. or And I mean, they can be big and small things, but they're anxieties. We live with an anxiety profile, actually, each of us. And it's different for everybody. No one of us can say we're all in the same boat. We're not in the same boat, but we all have anxiety. There's a form of anxiety where it's not enough money or it's too cold or it's too much rain or it's uh, the crops are not yielding or whatever it is. My job is not giving me satisfaction. There's an there's anxiety in something inside of us. Of this I am persuaded this morning. I'm convinced of this, that we can, cannot survive without a big Jesus in our lives. We cannot survive without a big Jesus. So, what are we left with this morning? Maybe we can sing the song, Exodopermais. Kekex, stop dirty eyes. And as next for Fudek Maybe you feel that way. But we get exhausted. We get kind of overwhelmed and entangled, uncertain and lost and out of depth and out of breath, restless running in storms or being chased. But the answer actually is quite and surprisingly simple. The scripture that we read just earlier says this, pray, pray. Present your petitions to God. Pray. Does it sound like a big thing? Does it sound like a terrible thing? And I want us at the end of this meeting today to spend some time to pray. Just five, ten minutes of our time that we'll pray. But that's what it says, pray. We need him. There are many scriptures in the Bible that says where, where Jesus uses the words, come to me. And that's what really prayer is about, come to me. The come to me prayers. You know that scripture that says, come to me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Does that sound like a difficult thing, to come to him? It shouldn't be difficult. Let me read the message version of that scripture that says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out in religion? Come to me and get away and you'll recover it all. I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live free and lightly. Does it sound like something you'd love? 
So come to him. Come to him. Come to him. If you've been looking for an answer, that's an answer. Pray. Covet this blessing. Pray. Pray about everything. Talk to him about everything. Petition him. Seek his favor in everything. I know that sometimes we've, we, and maybe this is part of the, the, the problem. We've prayed. We've prayed. And it seems like God doesn't always answer. But it doesn't stop us and it shouldn't stop us from praying. Pray with thanksgiving because he will respond. Have faith in him, trust in him and give him thanks. Fear not is his command. That's what he gives us. So let's not fear. Have you ever um, looked at a story or something on the internet or something and you, you got that little red line with a little dot on it? And sometimes those things just go on too long. It's just like, you know, somebody chasing somebody and you want to see the end and how it ends and you just, you grab hold of that red dot and you move it to the end. <laughs> yeah, I want to see how this thing ends. And you go back to see, okay, now I know how it ends. At least I can get this. And sometimes prayer does that for us. It brings us to the red dot that we can move it to the end. The end is that he will give us peace. I'm keeping this simple this morning because I want it to be simple. I don't want it to be complicated. Peace. Peace which transcends understanding. And I've heard, I'm sure you've heard of the phrase, um, the perfect storm. There's a movie about it way back. A movie about it, the perfect storm. Perfect storm is a place where you have no control. You have no way out. It's a storm that converges in a certain time and place, and it happens in such a way that you cannot get out. There's no way around it. You have to go through it or die in it. That's a perfect storm. But God gives us the opportunity of a perfect peace. And the scripture says in Isaiah 26.3, keep, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord your God is an everlasting rock. Perfect peace is not around the storm, but through the storm. The word, the Hebrew word for peace, and I think this word peace is underrated in many senses of our own understanding and our own um, knowledge of peace and what we think peace is. Peace for many of us, it's like um, the absence of things, the absence of war, the absence of trouble, the absence of stress, the absence of something. But the peace that God gives us is the presence of someone. The presence of someone. Even in the storm, even in the difficulty, even in the thing that you would like to go away, he gives you peace, his peace. And I desire this morning that your hearts will turn toward God in a step of faith to believe his peace. The word peace in the Hebrew language is the word shalom. You've heard the word many times. And if you went to Israel, that would be a word that you would often use as a greeting. You would greet people by saying shalomcha. That would be hello in our language. Hello, how are you? But the word Shalom really means this. It means this. 
that um, what is your completeness? What is your completeness? What is your wholeness? So if you say to somebody, Shalom, you would say, what is your completeness? What is your wholeness? What is your perfection? What is your health? What is your well-being? What is the soundness of your life? What is the safety of your life? What is the tranquility of your life? What is the prosperity? What is the harmony of your life? That's the peace of God. And Jesus understood that word when he gave us these scriptures. Peace. I leave with you in John 14, 27. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give with you. My completeness. My wholeness. My perfectness. My health. My well-being. My soundness. My safety. My tranquility. My prosperity. My harmony. That peace I give to you. In John 16, 33, it says this. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. Do you see the heart of God? Do you see the desire of God to give you peace in your circumstance, your situation where you find yourself? In the world, you will have tribulation and distress. Well, thank you for the information. <laughs> we know that in the world we have tribulation and distress. But take heart. The word literally means to stop your heart. Stop your heart racing. Stop your heart in these things. Stop your heart. Breathe again. Speak to your soul. For Jesus says this, I have overcome the world. Find your completeness. In Isaiah 9 and verse 6 it says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. A Christmas story. We hear this time and again. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. His name, Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom, the Hebrew word for it. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I'll stop there for that scripture. Shalom is God's way to your completeness. It's a peace that passes understanding. It is not the absence, and I repeat that, it is not the absence of something or someone like an enemy or a war or a storm or trouble or stress. It is the presence of someone. It is the presence of something that that someone brings to your life. Wraps around you, surrounds you, comforts you, stands between you and the face of the enemy to give you courage to stand. Sar Shalom should mean that this peace rules, this peace rules, this king, this prince of peace, the sovereign God is a prince of peace. He's a prince of shalom. He's a prince of your completeness. He's a prince of your perfections. Whatever you desire in God, he's a prince of that. Our faith in God should be hardwired into our spirits. Because he alone 
He alone is the one who will carry us through. The scripture ends, the one that we read this morning says this, He will garrison or guard our hearts and our minds with His peace. There is a beast in the storm, and it's not just your anxiety. It is an enemy. An enemy that is with us. You've heard us say those words that God is with us. And in this particular context, He is with us. Not that we should fear Him, but He's with us. In 1 Peter 5, 7 and 8, it says this, Cast all your anxieties. The very thing that we're talking about today, the fears. Cast all your anxieties, your cares, your concerns. Cast your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Because He cares for you. Can you say that in your heart this morning? He cares for me. He cares for me. He cares where you're at. He cares what you're dealing with. He cares for the things that you're struggling with. He cares for you. Cast your cares. Throw it upon Him. Let Him carry it. That's what He said He will do. That's what it means to have His peace. He will carry it for you. But then, in that same verse of Scripture, it says this, Be sober-minded and watchful, for the adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. Do you realize at times that when you're given to anxiety, that you're an open target? You're an open target that you one that he will take, that he will devour you. And it's not a simple word that is used in the scripture. Devour means to rip you to pieces, to tear you apart to take every bit of strength that you have, every bit of courage that you have, every bit of person that you are, and rip it apart. Such is his work. But God says, cast your cares upon me, because I care for you. I care for you. I give you my peace, my shalom. I lay upon you. Yes, he prowls around. He prowls around, but the word says, resist him. Humble yourself before the Lord and resist him. And he will flee from you. Be sober-minded. We are behind enemy lines. There's no doubt about it in the days that we live. And they become more aggressive the days that we live. The days that we're in are more aggressive in terms of anxiety and stresses and fears and problems. But be vigilant. Even though there is an enemy, and there will always be an enemy, there will always be an enemy. And where there's an enemy, there will always be a fight. But our response is this. Maybe I should just explain this in a moment for you first. What your anxiety looks like and how you're dealing with your anxiety does not define you as a child of God. Your anxiety does not define you. But it does have a way of changing you. 
It does have a way of crippling you. It does have a way of hindering you in your race and a lot. It destroys faith in you. It limits your capacity in life. It breaks into your life. It causes you to lose heart, to lose your breath, to give up, and even to divide your own core strength. Put a hole in your soul. That's what stress is. It's the burden of what John was speaking about this morning, that God's people are weighted down with stresses, anxieties. But what your peace looks like does define you. It does define you. And that's why we're here this morning. Why, what does your peace look like? Does it look like of oh, the absence of trouble? If only this thing would go away. If only this devil would stop coming and knocking at my door. If only the storm would break. If only I had a gap. If only, if only, if only. Is that what your peace looks like? Because it's not your peace. The peace that he gives us is through the storm. In the fiery furnace, in the hard place, in the difficult place that you can stand up and people look around you and say, why are you not afraid? I'm not afraid because of the peace of God that passes understanding that is present with me. What your peace looks like does define you. And we need to be strong as we find our God. And as God finds our hearts. Let me bring this to a close. There are songs, and I know that we even sing these songs. Songs like, even if you don't, Mercy Me sings the song. Even if you don't. Even if you don't. There's some words of the song that says, God, when you choose to leave the mountains unmovable, Oh, give me the strength to be able to sing. It is well with my soul. Because I know that you're able and I know that you can. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. Can we stand on that as a power of his word today. Can we stand on the principle that God is our peace? Can we understand this, that the sovereign God that we spoke of early in this meeting, the sovereign God, the one who walks as the prince of peace on this earth, is among us, standing beside you, being close to you, drawing near to you. In Romans 8, 35, it says this, nothing, no tribulation, no distress, no persecution, no famine, no nakedness, no danger, no sword, no death, no, no fear, no, an no angels, no rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love. And you can put the word peace in there, from the love, the peace of God. In Christ Jesus. The scriptures in the Bible that are given to us are not dummy runs. They're not dummy runs. They're not just there, oh, well, that's a nice scripture. I'll stick it on the wall somewhere. Stick it on your heart. Stick it on your heart. If it says, I'll give you peace, stick it on your heart. Stick it on your heart. 
You don't need to fake it. It is an extraordinary byproduct of prayer. It's an extraordinary byproduct of prayer. Peace. There's a fortress of God that God surrounds us with, that guards us, that keeps us. In the mind of God, it is an angel army that he sets before us. An angel army equal and greater to your anxiety. God will garrison. That's what it means. God will garrison. God will guard your heart and your mind. He'll put a fortress around you. He will surround you. Remember the song that said, this is how I fight my battles. Old song, eh? About five years, six years, this is how I fight my battles. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. I'm surrounded by you. The peace of God that surrounds us. I'm surrounded by you. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm surrounded by you. I'm guarded. I have this fortress of angel armies around me. I have you in the presence, in my presence, the Prince of Peace with me in a place that I can be surrounded. So let me land right here. And I want us to have a time of prayer. Any of you feeling, maybe perhaps this morning, uh, you don't feel garrisoned, you don't feel like I'm protected, you don't feel surrounded. That's why it says pray. Pray. Bring your petitions to me. Pray. Too simple. Too simple. Give me something to do. Make me run around the building. Make me dig a hole. Make me do something. Make me do something big. Maybe something great. No, he says pray. Pray. Come to me. Come to me, all of you that are laboring, heavy laden. Maybe you feel that God doesn't care. It doesn't care about you, that you're just a number, that you're just somewhere in the great crowd of things, that you, as you sit around here in this building, that you don't mean much to God. Because you're not standing in this pulpit, or you're not standing in a place of service, or you're not standing in a great place. That's not what it's about. He spoke that word of blessing over you, every one of you. My peace. So we're going to pray. Pray for two things. Firstly, the anxious lost, those people that are lost. You've never found Christ. I heard the appeal this morning that uh, our brother Jonah brought to us. Crying out for somebody that's feeling lost, that's out there, that's just missing God somewhere. You've been in church meetings, but you've never made a decision to say, I will follow you, Jesus. You've never been in a place where you've said, God, forgive me of my sin and bring me to the place where I can be yours and I belong to you. If you're such a one, if you are such a one, this morning is an opportunity for you. And I'll give you that opportunity right now to say, yes, Lord, I want to. I want to give my life to you. Because I want to be safe. I want to be covered by this peace. I want to know this peace. I want to stop being anxious. I want to, I want to put the cross, uh, uh, put a line. Is there anyone here this morning? Be brave. Put up your hand. Just be brave. We are not ashamed. There are a lot of people that have done this. A lot of people. Probably most of us here tonight, today. Give us.
Anyone? Anyone out there beside the one that gave his life for the Lord? The Lord again. All right. And then those of us that are anxious and trapped and struggling, maybe more defined in some people's lives than others, maybe you are really stressed out, totally stressed out. Ever heard of the, uh, the Daisy story? You know, he, lo- he loves me, loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He's my peace, he's not my peace. He is my God, he's not my God. He's my healer, he's not my healer. You know, and then you come to the end of the days and you hope the days has got enough petals to pick that you can pick the right one. God is not like that. He's not a Russian roulette God that you put uh, a bullet in a gun and turn the roulette around and you put the gun to it and say, well, okay, let's go. God is not a Russian roulette. He's here for each one of you. He's reaching out to each one of you. There's a, um, a series, and I'm, I'm finishing with this word. There's a series called Amsterdam. You've seen the series? Netflix, those of you who watch Netflix, you know, around the COVID time, some of you watched it. A doctor is actually quite ill with cancer. Um, and he gets to the point he, he needs he needs uh, treatment. He gets treatment. He's in hospital. He's a doctor. He understands exactly what he needs. He goes through some of the treatments. And finally, he gets the information from the doctor who's the professor in this particular field and says to him, you're dying. You're dying. And this doctor is now married, and he has a wife who's very pregnant. She's at the end of her pregnancy. And she doesn't know. He's been hiding it from her because he's going through the treatment. She never, well, I'm, I'm going to hospital every day. Some of it is for treatment and others for the work that I do there. And then he realizes he's going to have to tell her. And this is what he does. He says, come. He says to his wife, she's standing on the other side of the room. And she say, he says to her, come and hold me tight. I've got something to tell you. And I hear Jesus this morning saying to you, come and hold me tight. Hold me tight. I've got something to tell you. I'm your peace. I'm the one that surrounds you. I'm the one that keeps you safe. I am your Prince of Peace. It is my name. I've poured myself out for you. I've given myself. It's more than just the cross. He lives in that place today. He stands in that place as the Prince of Peace for your life. Hold me tight. And you know what the response is when you hold someone tight? He holds you tight. That's a natural response. So I call you today, this morning, Would you hold him tight? Would you hold him tight? And let him hold you tight. And allow him to cover you with his peace. Your completeness, your wholeness. Would you shut your eyes please? Just for a moment. Just for a moment, let's get to this place. And say, Lord, it's me. 
I have been anxious. I'm anxious about my job. I'm anxious about my body. I'm anxious about my, my finance. I'm anxious about my children. I'm anxious about my husband. I'm anxious about those in my family that don't know you. I'm anxious about these things. These things are pressing on me. They're weighing on me. I'm anxious about my age. I'm anxious about my future. I'm anxious about my past. I'm anxious about my stuff. Whatever it is, we can go down a list of things. If you feel that way this morning, would you just quickly raise your hand? All right. A number of us. I'm going to invite you to come to the front. Every one of you, just come to the front. We don't need to be embarrassed. I said to you in the beginning, and Jesus said, you will have, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, and I will give you peace. And today is an opportunity, and we are going to pray. We're going to, I'm going to pray one prayer, and then I'm going to ask you to turn around to somebody around you, and maybe some of you out there, you can come up front there and just pray with some of these folk here for the anxieties, whatever they are. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. It doesn't define you. Remember that. If your fear does not define you, your anxiety does not define you. His peace can define you. Let his peace define you. Let his peace do something for you today. All right, someone wants to give a testimony this morning? Luckily, in Russia. All right. While we're waiting for you to come and share testimony, we just pray a, a general prayer over you. Heavenly Father, this morning, we don't have to try and find answers in ourselves, Lord. We come to you. We push into that place, God, where you can surround us, where you can cover us in our need, in our deepest need. We're trusting in you, God. We're trusting you this morning. We petition you, God, please. Would you help us? Would you help us, God? Would you take our lives in your hands? Would you hold our hand, please? Would you keep us on the path, my God? That we'd not lay at night, awake at night, and fret and fear and concern ourselves, but that our hearts would be rested in the perfect peace that you give it to us, the one that surrounds our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Yacolim.